So, David, what did you dress up as for Halloween? <laughs> uh, a, 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 an old bearded woodworker. Oh, good one. I played the part really well. Yeah, awesome. I um, you probably already know this. I'm not really into I, dressing I up do. for. Yeah, that's why I asked you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I apologize. I dressed I, up. Weird pause. Weird pause. Uh, so I, I mean, I love looking at other people's costumes. I'm always like, I'm impressed at what people do and the creativity involved in it. Like. I've seen some absolutely amazing things, especially just all over Instagram. And I'm like, yeah. who thinks of that? That is. Did you see Heidi bonkers. Klum dress up as a worm? I did. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> she had like a very, Stupidly very awesome. expensive costume. She looked like, and her face looked like she had bacon laid across her face, which is weird because like the ribs disgusting. of the belly. <laughs> yeah, it looked gross. Yeah. It was so weird. It's like, well, what a bizarre next year costume. you should do a better worm costume than Jimmy. No, 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 no. Who wore it better? I got stuck in Woodstock, which was fun, because I went to go visit my friend in Woodstock, and I didn't know it was Halloween in Woodstock. Turns into a big chaos, Woodstock, New York. Mm-hmm. And they closed all the streets, so I had to park my car. I was meeting a friend for a drink, and I had to park my car like two miles away and walk to the restaurant. But it was cool. It was right in the middle of the chaos, so I got a chance to watch all the chaos. Mm. It was fun. We, we had fun, but I didn't know... That Woodstock, New York, turns into like a giant. The whole street is an open, big, open parade. How big is Woodstock? It's a tiny the little town, town but mm-hmm. a lot of people go there yeah. because it's such a destination for everybody in this area, and a lot of celebrities live there too. So this mm. people go there to celebrity watch, and and it's just it's it's. I I was with a couple of friends, and I said I feel like I am on the set of Groundhog's Day. Because remember that celebration in Groundhog's Day where oh, like these yeah. guys walking around in band coats and trumpeters and marching bands and people just all busy? That's what the whole Woodstock turned into. I said, I feel like I'm in the movie Groundhog's Day because of the celebration, not because of the repetitiveness. <laughs> but, but it was fun. It was cute. That's cool. a cute day. But I did not dress up. Uh-oh. did not dress up like an earthworm. Sorry. <laughs> dressed up as, you guys should have dressed up as each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. I went around the neighborhood with uh, the whole team came over and brought all the kids, everybody's kids, and uh, we all walked around as a giant mass. It was the first year that my older kids were like, I don't know, I don't really want to dress up. Like, I'm totally, like, too cool for it, you know. But we made them go with us anyway. So they just wandered <laughs> around in the neighborhood. Um, and it was it was a different kind of Halloween. As my kids are growing up, it's changing every year, which is pretty weird, but... It's still fun. Yeah. You got to look out for that candy colored uh, fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's so crazy. Not in our neighborhood that I'm aware of. I don't think it's in any neighborhood. I think it's, I don't think it's in any neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no drug dealers giving away their drugs for free. <laughs> I think I listened to a Vox report and they said the only instance in the last 30 years where somebody poisoned kids with Halloween candy is a guy who killed his family on purpose. Ooh. Oh yeah, I watched that video. There was yeah. only it was the only instance. Besides that, every single year they talk about razor blades and poison this, this, and that. It's a complete myth. Yeah. Well, there you go. So I hope don't so. worry about it. Yeah. Anyway, so we did Halloween, um, and I didn't dress up. I just kind of walked around. I took one of my helmets and wore it for about a block. And then I was like, I can't see out of this thing. So they had to carry it the rest of the time. And I'm pretty sure I did the same thing last year, if I remember correctly. 
I should just yeah, there not. was a guy walking up and down Main Street in Woodstock with a giant pumpkin on his head, a real pumpkin. And I just said, this guy is having fun. Ooh. He's yeah. not having a fun day. Mm. <laughs> he committed, though. He wore it for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't believe it. Cool. Well, um, also, David, you mentioned before happy anniversary, uh, our Halloween Halloween is our anniversary for the podcast, and we figured out that it's been eight years that we've been doing this show, which is crazy. It's bananas. What was the date? Was it the 15 or 16? What year? I'm not good with my math. 15, I guess. 15? Yeah. And we did 100 in what year? 16? Oh, gosh, I have no clue. No, because it was every two weeks at the beginning. We did every show every two weeks. It was every two weeks? Uh-oh. Yeah, for a little while. I don't remember how long. It was so long ago that I, re- I don't remember yeah. the details. <laughs> if anybody remembers, let us know. <clears throat> Tweet I'm out. sure we could look it up. But. Yeah. The Boston meetup was one of the most fun events I've ever been to. Yeah. It was good. The chemistry for that day was just fantastic. It was, it was so good. Yeah. For anybody that wasn't around for that, basically at our 100th episode, we um, our friend Matt was working at nike or converse Converse, same company but but i guess it was the converse thing converse and uh they have this really awesome facility in boston and he helped us get a hold of that space and so i don't know about 100 150 people met up at this place in boston and we did a live podcast and a few other podcasts at the time came and did live shows just for like an evening it was awesome it was so so fun really good time um, well, what have you guys been doing? Other than dressing up and getting candy and stuff, what have you guys been up to? I got to hang out with Annabelle Trades last week. Oh, went out oh to yeah. See her farm. Yeah, it was really good. It was great to see her and her and uh, her crew. And uh, Call Me Maybe was there. Justin Maybe was there. And Justin's dad. And, and Adam of All Trades was there. We had a nice time. And I got to see Anne deal with her farm animals, which is a chore. She's got a lot to deal with and a lot of animals. And, and it looks like a lot of fun. But she's up and out at like four or five in the morning helping the animals. Oh, and I, I I milked her cow with her, which was great. I saw that. It was fun. That was <laughs> really fun. I never milked a cow before. She says, I did really good. She's like, you hit it right away, right away. She nice. told me the methodology. And Did you know that cows only have four udders if they were born accurately? No. I always thought a cow just had a random amount of udders, like 10 or 15 or 8. <laughs> I've never given it any thought. I'm going to be real honest with you. I've never given this any Neither thought. Neither have I. I'm, I'm, we're milking the cow, and I'm like, you know, this one only has four udders is what I'm thinking. So I asked Anna, I'm like, how many udders do cows have? She said they only have four. She said if, if there's any more, it's a birth defect, and they probably don't work. So I didn't know that. I thought all cows had like a random amount. Right. Like, oh, you got 10. You get six. You got three. <laughs> <laughs> because when people dress up in a cow costume, that's what, you know, you just put a couple of gloves down there. You don't know what it does. <laughs> <laughs> ten? If ten out of Things are different no. in New York than they are in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was it was fun, of course, to see Anne and see her routine in a beautiful space. And, uh, and I did my event down there for the Heroes and Icons guys. And I want to shout out to Charlie, man. Charlie, thank you for having me. And Charlie and I had a couple of heartfelt conversations. So, Charlie, thank you for that. But, uh, How did that, that go? I know you were a little like... I was nervous, and I, and I, I kind of flubbed in the middle. I kind of lost my pace because I was having a hard time with the PowerPoint because I use Keynote usually in the PowerPoint. If you mm-hmm. use Keynote, it gives you the slide that's behind the one you're talking about, so you can kind of plan your 
you can kind of see where you're going. You can kind of see a roadmap, but they did PowerPoint and I got a little flustered, but I called it out as like, guys, give me a second. I have to kind of get my bearings again. And then the audience was wonderful with me. And then afterwards, a lot of people came up and said, it was really important that you were able to confront that and just get past it. I got, again, I, I couldn't see anybody's face. You know, when you talk to an audience and it's oh. nice to connect with a face. Yeah. Every time I looked up, all I saw were lights. The lights were blaring at me. That's the worst. And, <laughs> and so I got a little flustered. I got a little off track. But I got back on track, and the Q&A went really well. Good. And it was good. Like I said, I got a lot of compliments for being able to handle the flub. It was just a second. And, and I'm sure if you were in the audience, it was no big deal. Or at least you. it seemed like, uh, you know, to me, it was, it was tough to get through it, only because I'm the guy that's there under the hot lights. But it, it was fine. And everybody there was so nice and wonderful. So, And like I said, I met with the Charlie, and Charlie was very cool with me. We had a nice conversation. And then it was nice to see Anne and that whole crew, and then I got back here and just working on the farm. I'm doing lots and lots of... Now that I am a single person, all the collaborations and all of the discussions, I don't have to have anymore. So everything <laughs> gets done instantly. Hmm. We don't have to discuss what color paint. Don't have to discuss what kind of hardware. Because the conversations typically would just come to a stall and then nothing would happen. And then I'd have a door with no doorknob on it for two years. Or I'd have a, <laughs> a wall with 13 swatches of paint on it and we couldn't pick a color. And so it would just stay mm. that way. So I'm really doing a lot of house renovation stuff in the last two months, in the last month and a half. And we're at, right now I'm in my office, <clears throat> which at the beginning of the summer was ripped open bare walls because there was a there was a disagreement about how the walls should be treated but come september we closed all the walls in me and my brother and we got it all nice and choochy and patrick's doing the electric we're doing a lot of electric modifications around the house and as far as videos go i'm working on the boat trying to get the boat to part one which would be me just doing the hull completely on the mold and then part two will begin with me pulling it off the mold and working on the interior there's a lot of woodwork that has to happen on this boat, as opposed to the canoe, which was fairly simple. It was just the seats. There's a lot of woodwork inside this canoe because there's two fixed bench seats, which make up the structure of the boat, and a bigger deck, which is the open part at the front, where it's kind of like the arrowhead in the beginning, in the front of the boat, the bow. So that's bigger. It's a bigger deck. There's some storage underneath it. So I figured if I do part two, it would be all the woodwork on the interior, and part one which hopefully I'll be able to get up probably by the end of November. It'll be all the upside-down stuff. All It's still on the mold. But it's moving along quickly. It's moving along quickly. I did the stem yesterday, which for me was a little daunting because that is like the premier nose of the boat. You'll see on my Instagram stories. And I'm happy with the way it came out. Cool. I'm kind of working in the dark a little bit. I, don't, I have lots of reference photos of this boat, but none of them from the bottom. So I'm working directly on the bottom with the keel that goes all the way to the back. I have a simple line drawing and some reference photos from the book, but no real explicit shots showing exactly what it should look like. But then again, it's going in water. There's a lot of it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be It's not like it's down. a precision piece of machine <laughs> that's going to have to fit into a track, which I realized that yesterday. I'm like, how wide are the keels in the other boat? Mine's going to be about an, a full one inch wide. It seems too wide. I don't know. And then I'm like, who cares? It could be three inches wide. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be three inches wide, but I'm trying to worry about whether All it should be All the fish are going quarters. to laugh at you. <laughs> exactly. And if it's three quarters, oh, he made his keel an inch and an eighth wide. Look at how silly. He doesn't Amateur. Know 
Yeah. So I was a little nervous about that, but I like, kind of released the energy by being like, who cares? It's just yeah. going in the water. This, it's, it's not a precision instrument in the way that it has to fit into some other thing. Hmm. Oh, what else? That's cool. it. Well, That's it's it. looking I good. A, I have a couple it, of videos in the can, so I'm not sure what's coming out this weekend. It um, It's surprising to me for – well, I understand it now, but when you said this one has a lot more woodwork than the other boat – or than the canoe because they're all wood, both of them. <laughs> and so I think of, I understand what you mean, but yeah. I was thinking of like laying down the strips seems like an incredible amount of detail work to me, not having done any of that stuff. And so that seems like the bulk of the effort on either one of those boats. It so is. It is. That is the hardest part, of course. I mean, that is the yeah. most tedious part. But now once I flip it over, this boat also gets planks on the flooring. But they come out, so it's like a big, it's like a big wooden mat uh-huh. in three or four sections. So when you're standing on the boat, you're standing on the wood, these wooden yeah. planks. And I will make two bench seats, and there's also lots of gussets and reinforcements that all have to be made. And Is the, that the, just so that it has a flat bottom for you to stand on in the inside? Kind of, kind of, yeah, because mm. it's, it's much broader than the canoe. Mm. You need a little bit more. The canoe is, is more confined and small, so in that... That quarter inch fiberglass wood is much stronger in smaller amounts. Now this is much wider. It's a fifty. I think the beam is fifty inches. That's the mm-hmm. width, and so it's still the same thickness of wood, quarter inch with epoxy on both sides. This wooden floor is to give it more stability. Mm-hmm. So you're not like putting pressure right directly on to those yeah. planks that are much broader. Where's this going to live? Hanging in the ceiling of my barn. I said that as a joke because everyone's like, are you going to hang this over there? Are you going to hang it over there? But I will, I will certainly try and take it on the water. I have to. That'll be the end of part two. Mm-hmm. By then it'll be summer again, I think, so it'll be good. <laughs> just gonna... Seems so long away. Yeah. And, well, it comes around quick. You think about it, we're December is next month. True. Then January, February, March, April, and then it's right. my birthday. It's One, like two, three, four months four. away. Yeah. 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 Okay. Right around the corner. It happens quick. <laughs> It go, it's blows by. It really yeah. does. Especially when you're in your 50s. It goes so fast. It's crazy. I wouldn't you know. Little kids, you don't know what it's 48. like. <laughs> yeah, you little kids have no idea what it's like. Yeah, yeah, Grandpa. Well, uh, David, what about you? What have you been up to? We're, uh, nothing real exciting. I'm working on the bathroom vanity this week. And it's not going to be out for a while because I... I really I want to show it off in its final habitat. And so we're just waiting on the contractor to finish the rest of the bathroom. So it's going to be one of those videos that I shoot and I might have to sit on for four weeks or so while we while we wait. We are having both of our bathrooms redone. We put down the deposit for this company. It's been 14 months now and Whoa. it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. And then wow. a couple weeks ago, they said November, and then we haven't heard from them yet. So it's, I, I understand how these things go. You're, they can't just work on a date that they tell you because they got to finish up other things. And um, so we're, we're waiting on, on that, but it'd be nice to have some, some nice, nice bathrooms. It's uh, not to give out too much information, but our, our, our guest bathroom is pretty embarrassing. It's like paint chipping falling from the ceiling pink tile from 
the forties, it's uh, or the fifties, it's uh, and it's just it just needs a lot of work. So it'd be it'd be nice to have that done. And then after that, I need to get on the guitar build that we're all doing. I think I have an idea, but uh, I think we'll probably all be waiting to the last week to to finish. I did that my up. drawing. I drew you, on, oh, you, so yeah. I'm ready for my band. So I cut maybe today. Yeah. Oh wow. oh wow! I'm not. I'm not so. nearly that far. I just have my thoughts in my head. <laughs> yeah. So by doing once I did the drawing, I said, "Okay, I, I started." I just put it all aside and said, "I'll get to this the day before it's due." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you have once you have something on paper, you feel like, "Oh yeah, the hard part's done." <laughs> yeah, I've kind of got an idea for mine. I, I think I was trying to do something really. I was wanting to do something really different and really, you know, really stand out there. And then I realized that this is not my guitar. And so any choices that I make would be it in an effort to be different would be very specific to me. And so that combined with the amount of time that I have to put at it and stuff, I was like, you know, I should just make a guitar that anybody would want. <laughs> I think that would make more sense. So, um, I think I'm going to just kind of work off of a design that of another guitar that I've always liked and gotcha. never actually played uh, and just kind of go from there as a starting point. So I th- I think since I'm making it for somebody else, I I don't have to make the guitar that I want and I I want to make it a little bit more interesting. So hmm. I think I mentioned on the podcast this week or I told somebody that I want to I have one of those cheap little $10 battery operated amplifiers that you can plug your guitar into i want to build that mm. into the guitar maybe a distortion pedal into the guitar so you can just kind of turn it on it's all operated by a battery and i've been sitting on rolls of amplifier grill cloth and vinyl that i just well, years ago i just bought a bunch just to have it on on hand and so maybe <laughs> part of the guitar is painted maybe some of it has some vinyl wrap and just to do something interesting and something i haven't seen before oh, that'd be cool like wrap the whole thing like it looks like an amp yeah, yeah that would that would that would be cool that would uh um that kind of rap would take a, a some skill it's not something you yeah. want to you know your your first rap your first vinyl amplifier wrap should be probably something rectangular so you can get, up, <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. used to it <clears throat> need places to fold around if you don't have places to end your cuts and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could just make the uh, the Bo Diddley guitar, the square. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, we should just take the the blank that they sent us and just round over the, all the corners. Oh, yeah. It. It's already, yeah, it's already <laughs> <Be> done. done. <laughs> <laughs> you notice that the next scoop is not cut out. So, you have to, yeah. The next scoop is in the island of the wood. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. So, one, one cut. cut. Just one cut. Yeah. <laughs> Just to one the... cut and a roundover bit. You're done. Yeah, I'm going to try to start on that this week as well because I'm going to get mine um, moving along. I don't want to wait till the last second to do all of it. I'll wait till the last second to do the last part of it. Uh, I th- but I want to get it started. I, I think uh, it depends on, on, on timing, on, on how last second I do wait. But I kind of want to like sample uh some of the tools that i'm using and then use the guitar and those samples to create the the background or the the song that's going to kind of narrate the whole video um that is sampling uh non-musical instruments is not something i'm good at but maybe i can come up with something creative call andrew I call yeah yeah he is the expert (laughs) at that he can turn anything like you watch his videos he'll sample a 
And then he'll turn that into a kick drum, a snare, a hi-hat, oh, yeah. and, a, and a bass, and a lead. Yeah, he's amazing. It's so crazy. Well, yeah, I've got to work on my guitar uh, this week. We're also finalizing a couple of products and um, so we can start producing them in-house, which is really cool, trying to get those ready for uh, holiday season so that in case you want to buy yourself or somebody that you love a thing from us that's made in our office, they're going to be available. So we're doing all that, and it's pretty weird Like for doing our first real physical products, um, all of the development on the thing itself the things themselves and packaging for them figuring out how we're going to get the packaging and create the packaging and you know actually pack them and tape them and ship them and what the shipping cart looks like and so many details that have to be considered it's wild and then that's all just to have the thing out the door but then we gotta sell it so you know, on top of that, we're like, well, we have to shoot marketing material. We have to be able to tell people that these things exist and and show how they're used. And, you know, there's like a certain level of support for some of them that has to be available. And, you know, just it's pretty wild how much is going into what is really a pretty simple thing, but it just requires all this other stuff. The cool thing about it, though, is that I was telling Josh as we're developing these, because Josh is really heading up the, the product development stuff now. And um, I was telling him that like we were trying to figure out how to measure success with these first products that we're doing. And you know we could look at just profit and say that's the success, but that kind of doesn't make sense because especially with our first go, we're going to not do everything right. We're going to you know, make mistakes, uh, not be as efficient as we could be. So the profit is one indicator, but it's not the only one. And so with this kind of first batch of things that we're making in-house, we're trying to decide what success looks like. And it's been interesting to say, well, success probably means, or one thing it could mean for us is, you know, in January, have we learned how to order the material the raw materials we need to make the thing have we learned how to make the thing have we learned how to package the thing have we learned how to efficiently make our own packaging have we learned how to efficiently ship you know all these different things that are past the object itself can we come out of it in january with like yes we know how to do these things now so when we do product number two we don't have to start from scratch you know we have some sort of a process some sort of an infrastructure in place to do all that stuff because i think at least so far that stuff is the bigger unknown than just making something you know we make stuff all the time so like that's not that big of a deal but it's been an interesting few weeks of trying to figure this stuff out with the time crunch kind of looming on us and wanting to do everything the right way and you know take our time but not having a lot of time to take and don't be too hard on yourself especially when you're just getting up and going oh yeah we're trying to i mean we're not going to get it all right but i want to i want to use this as an opportunity to make it as good as we can with what we have obviously we're not like a giant corporation we don't have that many hands to make things and so there are for sure limits on what we can do but it's fun fun trying to figure it out so we're doing that and um that's taking a good amount of attention. The online course that we're working on is moving along. Um, I got to get back in and start doing extra shooting for that to try to get that. I think we're going to get that out in January is the goal. And then on top of that, I've been 
working on the next couple videos and building a new work table. So I took my my old work table, a really simple four by four. The tabletop was four by four. A really simple construction, and it still works fine. But I've found several times that I wanted something flatter, something that would stay flat. So I have just looked at a whole bunch of different people's workbenches and you know just made a new version for myself which is it's one of those things that everybody needs to have a workbench but there's like millions of videos about building workbenches you know what i mean and they're all different levels of i mean i've done them before i've done multiple ones before and there's all different levels of you know super simple two by four table all the way up to like the fancy woodworker workbench thing and every version in between and so it's thinking through something like that I, I was trying like well how can i make it different how can i make it you know stand out and i was like i, I should just make the table that i want that's the most important <laughs> thing i've made it's three. not gonna hit for everybody yeah. but it's gonna be for me you know yeah. i've made three plywood and horses my favorite table <laughs> i need something a little bit more a little bit more secure that's not gonna move something something a little heavier but yeah, yeah. every time i remake one it's more about my use and how I use it. So it's not for everybody. My first workbench video years ago did so well. And then I made one over the summer for, I made uh, just, I made a regular workbench, but I wanted something that could live outside. And I thought this workbench video is going to do so well. Workbench videos always do well, but it's a different time. And, uh, there's there's already a thousand workbench videos. So that's that weird struggle that we have of like, do I build it for me and is it boring or do I build it for the video and make it a little bit more exciting? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I run into that a lot these days. Actually, that kind of brought up, uh, that leads to a thing that I was wanting to talk to you guys about. Before we started recording a little bit, we talked about just video performance lately and I don't want to dwell on that because I think for at least me and from what I've heard a lot of other creators the performance of what we do has dropped off a lot over the last few years but especially mm-hmm. in the last six months or so sure. there's decline in views not in everybody for us for me yep. and so rather than complain about that that's not what I want to do it got me thinking this morning about <clears throat> I want, I want your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. I haven't formulated how to ask this or how to say this yet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. thinking through that this morning got me thinking about like, well, you know, what we do, what we have the opportunity to do is to decide what parts of ourselves we want to use and expose to make things that we think other people are going to find interesting. And so in my case, uh, that's a lot of different things. I'm, I'm interested in building furniture things and in doing home renovation i'm interested in cars i'm interested in props i'm interested in games and electronics i'm interested in a lot of different things and so the opportunity i've had over the last several years is to do videos about all those different things and put them in one place now that's problematic for a lot of reasons because people who come in through one thing maybe that's they think the channel is just that one thing and then the next video is entirely different and so I have like a lot of attrition where people jump on board and then they just don't watch anything else. And I, I get that. That's me. But as things begin to decline or things in, you know, the way YouTube works changes, the way people watch videos and when they watch videos, all that stuff is changing constantly. And as that changes, 
I've found over the years that I have to start to decide, well, do I continue on exposing all of those interests that I have to video and using them as the kind of you know springboard for a video? Or do I start to pull back on that and try to focus a little bit? And it's a weird place to be of like, <clears throat> do I want to reserve parts of myself uh, for off camera and not use them for content? Basically, do I want to narrow down what I do? Because I think it might work better. It might be more consistent with the people that are watching. And that feels like a weird trade-off, you know? It's like I started doing all of this because I like all of this, even though not <laughs> everybody else likes all of this. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, do you, do you think there's a, a place to just do everything you want to do long-term, or do we have to narrow to stay relevant? I really think you. it's important that you do what you're really, really excited about doing. Like, the, just keep doing the stuff that, like... I think people feed off of your excitement. Like when you watch Destin from Smarter Every Day, he is so excited mm -hmm. about the topic that he's talking about that day. Within the first Watering couple of minutes, crop. yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, I would never <laughs> watch true, a video I on saw, this, right? But I saw, I saw that, and I was like, I go, I said, I go, I was kind of half curious about those things. I kind of know what they do, right? It's like, but I'll watch it because I know Destin's energy level is going to be up there. It's exactly mm -hmm. what I said. Yeah, and and then. And then, but you also have to make a business decision sometimes. So it, it has to creep in there. So you're like, okay, I want to do what I want to do, but I also have to modify that slightly. But I think for the most part, for now, I'm, I'm going to stick with what I am really excited about and just see where that where that takes me. It is funny because you see so many people specifically focus on one thing, and I personally just have never had that attention span and also i'm impatient in the way that say if i make just these type of chairs i would get bored and i would also get impatient that it's not i, I want to say make money but really what i mean is fulfilling i get impatient that it's not fulfilling so i'm like let me try something else that could be fulfilling let me try something else that could be fulfilling it's more me just satisfying the itch within me and not necessarily really monetarily uh but I personally feel it's important to inspire my audience to try new things and to jump around a little bit because, like Dave said, it's what, it's what I want to do. I want to learn pottery. I want to learn how to do this new technique. I want to experiment with. I want the challenge from type on. Okay, it was my idea, but they reminded me that it was my idea. I kind of spitballed it to make a popsicle stick bridge, and I'm like, am I, when I got down, I'm like, this is going to be boring. But now my challenge is to make a popsicle stick bridge that's enlightening and interesting. And I got, the video did okay. You know, in modern times, it did pretty good. And I got a lot of people saying, wow, I'm going to do that with my kid. Or that brings back memories for me. So I didn't know what I was striking when I made it. But it was my intention to be like, all right, this video, I kind of committed to doing this. It's not going to be the best video. It's not going to be the most exciting. It's completely outside. I'm making something totally useless. But it's not useless because it brings up all these memories and it gives people inspiration to go do something with their child. That's a simple learning experience. So it is useful in many other ways other than just like absolute physical practicality. So I have to make sure to remember that. If it's not super exciting to me, I'm going to try and figure out how to make it exciting to me and make it a learning experience for the viewer. There's a... Um 
I don't know if you guys watch Colin and Samir. It's a YouTube channel and a podcast. And they'll interview like big YouTubers and they talk about like YouTube economy and stuff like that. They have a video that's about a year old and it's called Why Emma, Emma Chamberlain is the New Casey Neistat. And in the beginning of this video, they talk about there's two types of creators. There's the relationship creator and then there's the idea creator. So like Mr. Beast, he's an idea creator. People will watch a Mr. Beast video because his ideas are bonkers. and But anybody could make that bonkers video. And then there's the relationship video of like Emma Chamberlain, who's like one of the biggest YouTubers right now. And it, it, somebody who just goes in and watches their videos might be like, this makes no sense to me. Why is her channel so huge? It's because her audience has a relationship with her and will watch any video that she puts out. So I am trying to, I want to get to the relationship part where no matter what I put out, people are watching the video because of me and my create, uh, how creative I'm, I'm being. So it's uh, trying to blur the line between the idea and the relationship. And so it's something I am struggling right now, but I, I really feel confident that I'm going to get to where I am just with some of the changes that I'm making. Something to think about. I'll, maybe this video will be my, my pick of the week and now we'll put that in the show notes. Bob, can I ask you, if you were going to specialize, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I would want to. Yeah, oh, okay. I, I mean, I, I'm i the same way. Like, I, I would get really bored if I tried to do one thing all the time. Um, I, I think it was more of just kind of a self-reflection moment of, you know, like, are, hmm. I don't know how to, I didn't really formulate the idea completely before we started talking about it. I think it was more of just like, you know, if I did have to limit down, like, if I found one thing that worked, would I actually want to limit, right. go down to one thing and, and really focus on that? Or or would that kind of kill it for me? I don't know that I would enjoy that. Here's um, a funny idea, Bob. Your, your channel okay. could be, you restore Land Rovers. Land the, Cruisers. Land Cruisers, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say That's so one. offensive. That is just so offensive. <laughs> You restore Land Cruisers, but each one gets a Star Wars theme, and everything is 3D printed. <laughs> that channel, yeah, there you go. Just put it all in there. That you'll get to like 5 million followers if you do oh, that. Oh, yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah, there's a big audience for the, all that overlap right there. I think so. No, I mean, I think the – I agree with you. Like, I enjoy being able to do a bunch of different stuff. And, and it's funny because I think that's the thing that – you were talking about the excitement, David – the excitement for me is the fact that I can move from thing to thing. But the things themselves are exciting, but not as exciting as the opportunity I have. Mm. Like, I've always wanted <clears throat> my shop and my uh, skill set to be... I've got a long way to go in this. But I've always wanted to be able to have anybody that I know come to me and be like, Hey, can you blah, 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 blah. And I want to be able to go, yes. Like, we've got... We've got everything we need. We have a basic understanding of the tools, of the materials, of the processes to do whatever it is you have an idea for. It's just always been really interesting to me. And so that accumulation of of trying things is what's really exciting to me, mm -hmm. that like gathering of knowledge. And the things that get made are kind of the experiment to gain that knowledge. And that's one thing that I've always had kind of a hard time turning into a relatable 
thing for people watching. Yeah. Is that, you know, because people typically watch videos, uh, our videos, for the object, I think. And if the object, for me, is just a way to get a piece of knowledge, then I don't, I'm not sure that we're on the same page. I'm not sure that me and the audience are, you know, looking at the same thing. And I've never really known how to fix that or change that or address that or, you know. So I have a question um, for both of you. So I, 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 we all agree that we have the greatest job in the world, right? We're very lucky oh, to yeah. have the greatest job in the Absolutely. world. Would you yes. make videos that you didn't want to make to keep the greatest job in the world? Would you sacrifice do that every other week? <laughs> would you would you sacrifice <laughs> what you want to do because you t- to live the dream? Because people do this all the time. There are doctors who don't want to be doctors, but they make good money. Uh, you know, w- with any with any career. I, I no, no, no disrespect to any of my sponsors, but I just described how I was doing a video that I didn't really have my heart in it. But my challenge was to try and figure out how to put my heart in it. And each week when we do, each week, every other week when we do a sponsored video, you go through that. You go, wow, I, I have to do this to be able to do this. I have to do this to be able to do this. And I got to remind myself. And then, you know, when I get a direct deposit from my agent, I'm like, I'm glad I do this so that I could do this. Yeah. So it is it is a trade off, but the challenge for us as creators is to make those those half those have to do videos interesting and intriguing and not too painful for us or the audience. Mm-hmm. What was the question again? Would you <laughs> to keep the greatest job in the world, would you sacrifice doing what you want to do uh and, and make videos about what you don't want to make just so you could have just so you could keep doing what you're doing? Well, I mean, I think that's kind of like a. I I think the the reason it's the greatest job is not because it's making videos on YouTube for me, not because it's making videos on YouTube. It's because I get to do the things that I want to do, mm-hmm. and so the moment I let go of that to do things that I don't want to do, then it becomes not the greatest job in the world. I got you. So I mean, saying that, of course, I've made videos that I don't really want to make. Because there's a lot of money there, Mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes you have to, because I have people that are relying on me, both in my home and at the office. So, but in those moments, it becomes not the greatest job. It becomes a thing that I have to do to survive or to, you know, and I really don't like that part of it, but I I recognize that that's part of life. Nobody loves their job 100% of the time. Um. But I think, you know, looking long-term to the future, like, I could decide that what you're describing is the way that it's going to be. And in my mind, that means that I'm going to be, I'm going to be trading what I want for a lifestyle that I want, or trading what I want to do for a lifestyle that I want to maintain. And instead, I don't do that now. I constantly wrestle with the the creative and the production side of things to be able to maintain the lifestyle that I have. I could give in and just do like videos that I don't want to do that I know are going to, you know, I could act in the videos and act like I'm somebody else and become something else and I absolutely could. I think I've got acting chops. Hmm. I could I could act like Mr. Beast or Casey Neistat. <laughs> I could have a level of of charisma that's not natural to me if I wanted to to be able to create a persona that would probably pay the bills better than what I do now pays the bills and then I would be living two lives (laughs) 
And that's not me. Like, that's just not how I mm-hmm. operate. I don't want to do that in any way, shape, or form. And so it, I'm in this center point, this like middling of getting everything I want and doing only what I want as one side of the thing. And then the other side is doing stuff I don't want to do to get what I want. And I'm in that middle line of like, I just, I want it to be real. I want it to be pure, but I also want it to be fun. And I want people to enjoy it when they can enjoy it. And that's a surprisingly difficult place to, to chase. I don't think it's one, excuse me. I don't think it's one place. I think it's a, it's like a, like I always talk about balancing versus balance. I think it's a balancing thing where you're constantly trying to address the, the thing that you need versus what you're doing for the audience and, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a point to any yeah. of that, the, the question or any of that type of stuff. I was just kind of, it was on my mind this morning. I think the reason that question came to mind is just because I really <laughs> enjoy the video making part of it. I enjoy the filming, the lighting, the editing, and releasing the video as much as I do the project. It's all one thing to me. So, gotcha. And that's, I think that's why that question comes to mind. We all got here because we've been able to pivot our careers in our life a, a couple of times. And I think we're going to continue doing what is in our heart because we'll be able to pivot in the future, whatever platform that we're using. But I and yeah. Jimmy brought up the word challenge. You know, you have to challenge yourself to do these things that you don't want to do sometimes to, to make it to put your heart into it. And I think we need these challenges just to kind of keep us in, in check and the challenges are fun. So I think we'll, we'll all be fine and we'll all pivot in the future as needed, just like we've done in the past. We've been at One this time. for 10 years, eight years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, we just got to adapt and flip and change and yeah. squirrel and whatever. Yeah. I think we've always been doing that, <clears throat> man, my throat. I apologize. Um, we've always been doing that. And yeah, we'll continue. One time I was talking to Destin, speaking of Destin, and I don't think he would mind me saying this, but we were talking about just video creation and all this stuff. I have a project that's on my desk in front of me that has been on my desk. It's an electronics thing. And it's been here for over two years. I built it off camera. It's a really cool idea. And I just don't know how to make a video about it. And so he was here one time and we were talking about this thing and I was telling him the kind of conundrum, like, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to make it visual. I also don't know how to make a story out of it and all this type of stuff. And he, his response was when I had a big whiteboard wall, he drew this, this, um, like a, a graph <clears throat> that started low and went really high and then went back low. And he made the point that like in the low spots, there's, there were two low sides to this graph and one high point. And he was like, on the low sides, these are the things that you want to do because they need to happen in the world. Like for you, they need to happen. It doesn't matter if anybody else is going to like them. You have no idea if people care about these things at all. These are things that you want to see exist. And then this high point is the thing where you know that if you do this video on this subject in this way, people are going to watch it. And what you have to do is figure out over time how to put in those high points, how to put in those, those tent poles is what he called them, put in those tent poles that are going to keep everything alive so that you can do those other things, which are twice as much, maybe twice as much work, twice as many videos, whatever. 
that keep those things, make those things possible and keep those things alive. And that graph that he drew is just a simple line, but it's always stuck in my head. And when I get to a place where I'm like, yeah, but I really want to spend time on the Carmen Gia, nobody really cares about that but me. I mean, generally, you know, like that's a, that's a me thing that I really want to put time there. I always have to like step back and be like, okay, well, what tent pole could I try to figure out that would allow for me to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's where I have a hard time is, is finding a thing that I think would be interesting to enough people, but also overlaps with my own interests because I don't want to like act. I don't want to, you know, be fake, but I think that's a really good way to look at it. I just have trouble with it. I, 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 I like the idea of a tent pole. I guess I do that, but yeah. I, it wasn't consciously defined like that right. where I always call them my Epic videos where I know they'll be big and, might potentially yeah. get a lot of views. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But I like the idea and of I a mean, temple. When you look at, you know, uh, movie studios, they do the same thing. They have they have a superhero movie to keep the studio alive. And then they, you know, over time will pay for these little indie movies that don't actually bring in as much money or any money or whatever. But those tentpole events throughout the summer, those summer releases are the thing that pay for the studio to exist the rest of the year. I mean, so it's a, it's a, it's a known thing that people do uh, it's just kind of interesting to look at as a creator as someone who constantly is creating new things to try to apply that to what you do and plan ahead enough to be able to like okay if i want to do these things you know what can i do to to support it to make it you know exist or whatever and that's where that point like i said is, is where i kind of have trouble with figuring out what a tent pole would be and maybe that i don't know if that's my uh uh, I don't know if that's because I'm not as as in tune with what other people enjoy mm-hmm. as I would like to think, if I'm out of touch, or if I don't know. I'm not sure why that's difficult. You, David, you mentioned that person. Uh, I don't remember what her name was. Emma Chamberlain. Emma something. Yeah, never heard of her. And you said she's one of the biggest people on YouTube. Yeah. That's an indicator right there for me that I am at least not in touch with some part of something that's very popular, which I get. Like, I'm not cool. I'm not – I was telling somebody yesterday I know the name of one Taylor Swift song. That's it. Like, it's just not – it's not a thing I'm connected right. to, which is totally fine. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't need to be everywhere, everything for everybody. But I recognize that I am not personally not super attached to a lot of what other people like. So – Looking for that tent pole, that crossover with other people has been historically difficult for me, I guess. That was a lot. Bob, Emma Chamberlain's <laughs> got 12 million subscribers. I am not one of them. She, Maybe I should be. I don't know. You actually may watch one of her videos and be like, I don't understand why this person ha- gets so many views. But uh, definitely a younger She's making videos yeah. for a younger audience. She's not making sure. videos for DIYers. So, um you may not relate at all. But it's it's um it's just weird to see what people are watching and her videos are actually very slow, which is not the normal trend on YouTube. Like when you watch oh, a Mr. Beast video, it is just like somebody is talking in at your face the whole time in in an elevated voice you know there are a little bit ups and downs but so but the energy level is crazy her energy level is 
way lower than anything else that is really hitting on YouTube. And it what makes it a little bit different. And it's kind of why I, I'm not, I don't stop what I'm doing to watch her videos, but I'm interested in trying to figure out why her videos work at this energy level for that particular age group because nobody else is doing it like that. So it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've realized over the years too, that I am, I am very opinionated about where I put my time, Yeah, what I like the music I like. I mean, I think you're the same way. Like the music I like, I like, and I'm open to other things, but like, I'm not going to just listen to stuff that I'm not into. I'm not going to spend time watching a video or a creator or a movie or a series that I'm not into. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just very opinionated about where I put my time. And I think that does separate me a little bit from especially younger people. Um, And, you know, that's something I'm going to have to figure out how to navigate as I get older and grayer, but the general audience continues to be younger than me. You know, it's not the same people everybody ages, but that mass of people who are the potential audience is always going to be younger than I am. It's so Two of our, two shows that we watch quite a bit, Saturday Night Live and uh, Hot Ones. And so many times, Kelly and I will sit down to watch either one of these and, and we'll be like, I have no idea who this guest is on Hot Ones. Or I yeah. have no, I've never heard <laughs> yeah. this musical guest. I am so old. That started for me a few years ago on SNL. I was like, wow, I'm getting old. Week after I? week. Either I'm the like, host or the singer is. And, and I'm so judgy. I'm like, this is, this is what kids are listening to? This is terrible. And I'm like, <laughs> who am is I being this host? old? Or is just music getting worse? As it's one of those things that, uh, yeah, I'm just, maybe I'm getting old. I think that happens to everybody. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you think I, it's I not think going to happen every- to you. You really think, oh, I'm oh, yeah. always going to be hip, and I'm always going to understand, <laughs> and that new music, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it. No, not at all. I mean, my kids are, are you know, they listen to. Oh, I tried to bring them up on good music, <laughs> not only my music, but good music. You know, like other things that were Taylor older Swift. than me that I think are good, and they listen to that stuff. Which is cool, but they also listen to some absolute garbage that I just don't even know why it got made. <clears throat> but but it's but my parents probably said the exact same mm-hmm. thing about me. They're like, "Why are you listening to Nirvana when there's all these oldies that are out that are you know?" Like I get it. It's it's just a that's how it works. As you get older and people younger than the the current thing to a young person is the best thing. Yeah, I get it. Um. But it's it's weird trying to, as a parent especially, try to be sympathetic to that and not just be like, man, turn this off. Like, <laughs> go listen to anything else. <laughs> but, like, okay, so here's a funny thing. <clears throat> I, don't, I may have already told you this, and if I have, you can stop me. My oldest son is in marching band. We are way off topic, by the way, but whatever. We don't have a topic. Um, we don't have a topic. My oldest son is in marching band, and he is a f- freshman in high school. So their marching band theme for the show was I Love the 90s, which right there says super old, Uh. right? (laughs) But what's funny is there – so this marching band, this is trumpets, you know, saxophones, uh, clarinets. It's that that kind of instrumentation. Their opening uh, medley that they played was a medley of – a Verve song, a Metallica song, a Tupac song, and Smells Like Teen Spirit. So they get out and they're playing those songs 
with the instrumentation and the you know arrangement that would be required for band instruments. So they were very, very, very weird to listen to. And so we're talking, I'm talking to the kids like after, you know, they did their, one of their performances and everything. And I'm like, man, that those sound really different. And he was like, I don't know what they sound like. Mm. Like what? Like you don't know what smells like teen spirit? I know that I've played it for you before. I know. And he was like, no, I just don't know this song. So I, when we went through and listened one night at dinner to all four of those songs. And they put up with it, and they listened to it, and it was fine. They put up but with it. I still, <laughs> but the the marching season is over. That part of his life is now, you know, those songs are gone. But he still will walk around the house singing. Um, oh, I can't remember which one the the Metallica song was. Enter Sandman. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it was Enter Sandman. But he's singing like the <laughs> the band version of it. I don't know. It's, it's all super happy weird and, because, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, and it's it's just like a totally different thing. But that's his version of Inner Sandman, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to complain. I think it's great that they did that, but it's just such a weird thing for my oldest son and I to have totally different perceptions of what Metallica sounds like and what Nirvana sounds like, mm. and I don't know, super weird. Mm just does how it goes i guess anyway i totally derail us there you guys have anything else <laughs> well we got to end this real soon because we all have to go make our tiktoks uh, yeah, yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah uh speaking of the other night with uh, halloween my daughter had some of her friends over to walk around with us and i looked over in our living room and they were doing a tiktok in our living room on somebody's phone and I'm like Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't like that they're like dancing in our living room I'm like, no, I don't want that anyway um, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters because they make it possible for us to, you, to do eight years of this ridiculous podcast where we can act like old men and talk about terrible music so big thanks to everybody that supports us on Patreon honestly I will say this the YouTube thing is is erratic and hard for us to judge and we constantly have to pivot to make it work and we I'm speaking for all of us. We constantly have to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're doing it. In this show, we have no strings. We get together, we get to talk about whatever's on our minds, we get to share our experiences and ask questions and all that stuff <clears throat> with no walls, with no bounds, with no algorithms. And that is legitimately 100% due to these people on this list. The Patreon supporters are the ones that make the show happen, and they give us the freedom to have these conversations, and I am eternally grateful for that. And I'm not blowing that out of proportion. It means a lot. Thank you, thank you. It's funny, on that note, I, my agent reached out to me and asked me like about the podcast again, because he's got somebody that's on the team that wants to know about podcasts, and... He's at the, the, I was like, I go, I, he want, I gave him information. I was like, all this is irrelevant because we're not going to, it's not going to translate to us taking sponsors. Just giving yeah. you that full warning. So I said, I let him know. I was like, I'll do a different podcast if you want, but Bob and Dave and me as a group, we're doing it the way we do it. Yeah. And as soon as we, I mean, you know, you know sponsors are great. They have their place for sure. But as soon as we would this take is our on a safe space. <laughs> yeah. It would change yeah, something. So. All three of us. This is our safe space. Yeah. Um, but we are really, truly grateful to people that support the show. 
Um, and there's a whole bunch of people over there, all different levels. Like I always say, they all get the after show, which is more of us talking about old man stuff. I'm just kidding. It's more, it's a, it's extra show of us talking about secret stuff or upcoming stuff or whatever. But they all get that. But the biggest thing is they help us out and we're grateful for that. So big thanks to our top supporters. They go above and beyond, uh, for sure. And that group is Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, You Can Make This Too, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Scott Orem, Warren Works, Michael Manegin, and Gretchen Hofer. Um, there's a bunch of other people like Randy Watson. Who Thank you. Us out. Thank you. We're very, very, very grateful. If you want to join that crew, get the after show, help out the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash making it. And join up. The funny, you, you both just brought this up. I, this is the one thing that I do in my business that I don't look at analytics. That none of us, we don't change anything that we're doing based on mm. numbers for this show. Like, I, I write books. I want to make my fourth book. It's going to be something that I know is going to sell because I'm going to put six months of effort into it. YouTube videos, I got to make YouTube videos that are going to help me pay the bill and everything except this podcast is based on numbers we don't even i don't even know how many listeners we have i don't either and it doesn't matter in fact when 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 mark asked me i lied i just told him 85 million <laughs> listens i was about to ask you live in the beginning of the episode because that's when i texted him i told him one hundred and fifty thousand a week I mean, that's the awesome thing about it is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. We, we have the support from the people that enjoy listening. It's it's one-to-one. And if we make it just for that group of people right there that support us, then sure. I'm happy with that. That's great. All right. You guys got anything to recommend this week? Oh, boy. <laughs> so oh so boy. I'll, I'll put a link to that Colin and Samir video. And then there's also this other video. His name is Rob Schuster. He sent me an email last week. I'm not sure if he's a listener of the podcast or not. But he's like, <coughs> he's like, I know you're a drummer and your wife is a drummer. And I have to correct him. I am not a drummer. I just fiddle on drums. I couldn't drum. You're a fiddler? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fiddler. Um, he made his own... He makes his own drums, but he made a CNC rotary so he can mount a drum on this thing. It spins the whole thing around while a router routes images and patterns on the top. It's He made this, and it's bonkers. And some of the drums that he makes is, is bonkers. And so I just wanted to give Rob a shout-out. He said, hey, if you ever want to collab you know, I do this weird thing where I make crazy drums, and I'm just blown away by his work. I am distracted by a, a little emergency, nothing bad. Somebody needs help with something, so I'm trying to connect two friends that can do those two things. Uh, I'm going to suggest Anne of All Trades, because Anne is uh, making this crazy farm, working on this farm, and you should go check it out. And you should see the struggles of homesteading and taking care of animals if you don't already follow Anne. And then also this week I, I posted a little bit about it. I, I went on a, 
a deep dive for the Smiths. So talk about being an old man. <laughs> the Smiths is from the 80s. It's from my high school. And then I heard like on some random radio station on Sirius, they played a Smith song. And I was like, I haven't listened to the Smiths in so long. So I went down a deep dive for Morrissey and the Smiths. And it's such great old music. It's like so nostalgic. It's like listening to 50s music when I was a little so kid. so sad. I, no, I know. It's all, it's all emo, but I mean, it's, it's really awesome. It's just, it's just the best so in, from the 80s. In high school, um, there was a group of cool kids who loved Morrissey, the Smiths, and the cure. So Yeah, I didn't understand yeah, it in yeah. art school. I was like <laughs> so, I was, <laughs> But looking back now, the music is so good. Okay. So I was very anti Smith and anti cure. I was like, I don't like these bands. Now I'm not so much a, a Smith fan. I don't I don't dislike them anymore, but I'm a huge cure fan because yeah them too i i i I saw them at the airport once and we went over and said hello to them he has lipstick all smeared up whatever his name was and it's it it was just me being me in high school of hating something just because i didn't like the way other people looked and i never gave it a chance if i just would have gave it a chance i would have been like yeah this is some good music yeah i'm i'm a little more open now i well Maybe, except to new hip hop. New hip hop is just awful. <laughs> yeah, new hip hop is horrible. <laughs> Truly is. Cool. Um, well, mine. I don't have anything new to recommend, so I'm going to recommend recommend one of my favorite videos of all time: uh, the domain name dollar store. Have I ever shown you this video? I don't think so. It's like super old, um, and it's just a skit about. Doname, uh, domain names. I'll put a link to it. Just go. Okay, watch it. okay. <laughs> it's funny. It's all about uh, how hard it is to get a domain name, and uh, yeah, I'll put a link here so you can watch it in the after show and we can talk about it. <laughs> anyway, that's a good one. So be sure to go check it out. Uh, you got I got one more. What? I got one more thing. So um, okay, I am going to put three. I'm going to have three picks. And just because wow. I said Show new hip hop is is not good, last night I found a, a new hip hop group that I absolutely love. It was in a Casey Neistat video, and I was like, "Who? What is this?" And so I, I go through his video description, and then I found this this group called Joey Valance and Bray, and it's it sounds it's it's like a it's like a Beastie Boys Check Your Head era ripoff. Was it the Halloween video? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I went through, I list, I watched, they, they have like 20 videos. I watched every single one last night. I went through their iTunes and listened to their stuff. It is. It sounds like old school Beastie Boys. Sometimes it sounds like uh, Cypress Hill. It's it, it new, the young, two young kids. And I absolutely am in love with it. I it, it, you can easily tell who their influences are, and I ain't mad about it. So I will put three links in this. That's this cool. I got to check yeah. it out. Is that the guy who was in the video screaming and yelling with him? No, I don't think so. There was, oh, there was because I, I, I was kind of watching it with one eye. I was doing something else, and there was like when he was in the crowd screaming. I thought it was a couple of new celebrities that he was screaming with, not just rabid fans. It looked like there might be new celebrities. So, Jimmy, you might enjoy this video that I'm about to send you because they use the Insta360 cam and when you record 360 video, you get that weird tunnel effect. They... Yeah. Use that as part of their video. They don't. They don't untunnel <laughs> oh, cool. it, and it's yeah. so 
this video and this song is so freaking good. Um, I'm going to send you guys my drive to get breakfast yesterday morning with my 360 cam, <laughs> just for fun. <sighs> well, I don't, I don't use a 360 cam, so I don't have anything to share there. But, you know, yeah, so that's three picks. So uh, I'm good for the next three weeks. I don't have to come up with anything. Yeah, you just don't have to say anything. <laughs> next time, you should share one with me. Yeah. That way, I don't not next have time. one. Next time. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. And, Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. See you next time. Love you. Thank you.